0: But sharpen iron. This is the Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. All right, here we are, we're back, and this is a new episode, obviously. If you guys have not, um, seen, if you're not on, uh, if you don't like the podcast on Facebook, you probably won't, haven't seen it, but I made a video and a video of Todd Bentley and me commenting on, uh, this man who is, um, is deceived. He's demonic. Why people continue to listen to him. I do not know. So all you got to do is go to YouTube and search Todd Bentley Todd Bentley yoga pants false revivals and Bill Johnson's endorsements. Probably just show up if you type in and do a search for Todd Bentley yoga pants. Yeah, that should tell you a little bit about why I made a video for that. So I just did it because um I wanted to and. Uh, you know, I'm, it's a video that I play the video of him talking and then I comment on it and all that stuff. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out and look forward to some more videos. I'm probably going to do some more like that. I, I wish I had a setup to not only do the screen capturing on the computer, but show, um, show me in there as well for my webcam, but my computer that just bogs it down. My computer is old. Um, so it just bogs it down and it's all choppy when, um, I do that. So that won't be happening anytime soon because I don't see that in the budget uh, anytime soon. So uh, we'll just keep doing what I'm doing, which is fine because you'd still hear my voice, but you get to see the content in which I'm commenting on and it all won't always be uh, like the Todd Bentley video. Um, I think I'll probably do some from time to time that, you know, that are good uh, as well. <laughs> I think they're all good, but I mean, uh, do, do one for teaching or something like that. Um, it's not something I'm going to do on a consistent basis. Like I do this, uh, podcast, but I, you know, it's just something else to do and to, uh, try out and experiment with and all that fun stuff. So anyway, I'm rambling. Let's just, um, I'm just going to, um, talk about eschatology since we've been doing the eschatology uh, series. And so this is just, um, my, my eschatological rants, if you will. And I don't really have much planned out, um, I don't have any notes or anything like that. I just want to talk about it some to uh, maybe just make you feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, and, you know, I've received uh, some questions at this point, which is good. And just really wanting to know what I believe or what my end times view um, is since I've gone through the different ones and I've said, you know, in the, in the show that I'm, you know, lean toward preterism and with a, maybe a a post-millennial bent to it. Um, so that being said, um, why, you know, and I've told the story of why and what happened to me. And if, um, and all that stuff and how i just i was not aware there were different approaches or different views and all that stuff so um i'd rather just um, i'm not going to repeat myself um but just take um take a look a little bit at what is happening throughout scripture it's this eschatological uh this scenery or a message is there throughout scripture we we could talk about it several times um In the Old Testament, um, it's always pointing towards the Messiah, though. You know, it's always pointing towards Jesus. And we get that first glimpse at the fall um, um, when Jesus um, gives that first prophetic uh, promise of Jesus there. And it continues to go. And, um, you know, you have this promise to, to Abram who becomes Abraham, and then you have this um this promise to David. All right. So we have this the, the Abrahamic covenant and the Davidic covenant. And then, you know, these are running alongside then or parallel or whatever, if you stacked them up along with the Mosaic covenant as well. So Jesus is the fulfillment of all these messianic prophecies. Plus he's this fulfillment that we see in prophecy in Old Testament as well. Like Daniel talks about a stone uh falling out of heaven it's the stone that's not cut by hand all right it falls and it crashes into this statue right this vision of the statue and it represents all these different empires throughout history and it ends up being it smashes this lands on the toes it was the roman empire I believe this is in Jan- daniel 2 and it it comes it crumbles it and uh it grows into a mountain all right. This is this this is a visual, a prophetic visual of Jesus coming, and um, the stone. All right, it's him. He crashes uh, in, like I said. So it, it comes into the Roman Empire, which he was born into, this Roman Empire, right, in Jerusalem, and he's born under the law as well. We know that, but he. This is why these these. These messianic prophecies this is why there was this um this misunderstood uh, interpretation of all these things because they believed jesus the messiah was going to come and overthrow the oppression that was going on that was whenever he was was to show up and he happened to show up in the time of the roman empire and that is no mistake by any means that's why i believe god is is concerned about time because in daniel it speaks of that stone coming in that time and the part that it lands on to crush is the roman empire and jesus shows up then so and this is to grow like i said like a mountain It fills the whole earth and then we have these other statements of government will be on his shoulders um <clears throat> his, he has dominion um <laughs> we have this Uh, picture of the mustard seed the and the leaven and all of these things that the, the jesus you know gains all of this and satan is not able to deceive the nations anymore because of what he has done through this crucifixion and resurrection and then his ascension up to the ancient of days and um so if you take a look at just the gospel of Matthew. Okay. And here, you know, we chapter one, you're going to get the, the genealogy. It's important. Don't skip over it. This is important here that, that, that it carried this significant weight to the Jewish audience. You know, um, we have, it's all intertwined. The genealogy is intertwined with the covenants that God made with Israel. So, you know, we get the word, the name Jesus, but um, it was historical. It was an everyday name and it was Joshua in Hebrew, but the meaning of it was Yahweh saves, God saves, Right. And then there's Christ, which is the which means anointed, but that points back to David as the anointed king. So it's pointing back to the Davidic covenant. And then the phrase "son of David," all right, that evoked images of a Messiah with this royal lineage who would reestablish the throne. Um, in Jerusalem and the kingdom uh, of Israel and then son of Abraham so then it goes back to the Abrahamic covenant God's covenant with Abraham that established Israel as a chosen people and also affirmed that the whole world would be blessed through his line and we would find out like people often mistake that covenant with Abraham saying it was to Israel now um, Abraham It was made with Abraham, okay? Um, God's covenant with him established Israel. He was going to be the one to bring up Israel or whatever and be Israel, but it would through the seed, not seeds. Paul mentions later in the epistles, the seed of Abraham. That would bring this. um, uh, The whole world would be blessed through his line, then the, the lineage, which would the seed would eventually be Jesus. So the genealogy is uh, important and it ties the, all those together and it's all intertwined as I said so it's pointing back to the the Davidic covenant and the Abrahamic covenant and then Jesus comes to fulfill the Mosaic um, uh, covenant at, um, as well by fulfilling the law so therefore he's the fulfillment of Israel, right? And we've gone through that before so um you should know that. So, you have that there and then in 2 um w- then we have the birth of Jesus and w- what do who who is going to see the Jesus? These are these wise men, they're pagans. The pagans are going to find the savior, the Messiah of Israel, of the Jews. They're going there to present present to him gifts and to worship him these are pagan people the wise men are pagans (laughs) to go see the king of kings the lord of lords all right this is so huge (laughs) and it should not be um it should not be overlooked whatsoever and and then when you get to chapter three you have john the baptist and um The first thing, out of his mouth, it says, He came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you guys should know by now, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God are synonymous. And he's saying, here it is, it's at hand. So repent, right? Um, He's preparing the way of the Lord. Um, He baptizes jesus and but here's the thing um uh let's see did do okay he saw um yeah all right man this is i'm getting too fast i get wound up when i'm talking about this he saw many of the pharisees and sadducees coming in to his coming to his baptism he said to them you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come okay this is where i want to go here this is my my trajectory if you will he's asking who warned you to flee from the wrath to come bear fruit in keeping with repentance and do not presume to say to yourselves we have abraham as our father for i tell you god is able from these stones and i could just picture him pointing at stones from these stones to raise up children for abraham even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire okay and so he's saying that to them these are people um he's like who told you who told you uh who warned you to flee from the wrath to come what wrath all right this is eschatology here. This is eschatological. The stone has come, you know, uh, the seed of Abraham, the, the the heir to David's throne, and the fulfillment of Israel is coming. John's preparing the way, telling people to repent and to be baptized, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees are coming to his baptism. And he's like, you're a bunch, you're a brood of vipers. <laughs> Who warned you to flee the wrath to come? What wrath? And he goes on to talk about that that he baptized. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, <laughs> a lot of, yeah, definitely in the Pentecostal charismatic camp there, people just go holy spirit and fire now now not only is there a water baptism and then a, a holy spirit baptism now there's a spirit of or a baptism of fire and they get it from this verse and they're totally Um, imposing their thoughts on it because it just says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And they'll say there's multiple meanings then when you bring this up. It's multiple meanings because there's a spiritual aspect to it. Plus there's this real physical aspect to it. And well, the thing is in the text and I'm all about context, 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 read the very next line. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaffee will burn with unquenchable fire. Yeah. So uh, baptism of the Holy spirit. Good. Baptism of fire. Bad. This is about get saved, repent, receive salvation and get saved. Okay. Jesus is coming. He's the one who will be able to do that. He will baptize you with his Holy spirit or you can reject it, and you will be burned with fire. That is the context here. Um, <laughs> it and the one coming after me is uh, a strong that 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 expresses strong messianic, messianic e- expectation, and John announces the nearness of the kingdom. But the coming one will arrive with the power of God to inaugurate messianic rule, and so. Then he's, then it's this John's like baptize you with the Holy spirit and fire that John's water baptism will be superseded by the baptism associated with the coming one. Those who repent and trust in him will receive the blessing of the Holy spirit while the unrepentant will receive the judgment of eternal fire and, um, uh, and, 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 some would say then what's that second the, the, the repentant may undergo a purifying fire. Okay. So that's the distinction that we make. But we yes, would he burn the dross from us? Y- yeah, burn out the bad, right? We still do it with the flesh though, and it's always trying to re- resurrect itself. Here's what I'm just trying to say. We can't prove text, <laughs> we can't prove text that verse. Um because it's out of out of context when we say that. A baptism uh um he will baptize you with the holy spirit and the fire is you will either receive salvation or you won't and you'll go to hell that's the point that was john's message okay so then we know some of the, 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 the skip through and we have the sermon on the mount and what do we got going on here um <clears throat> Oh man, I was going to look up a verse. Until I that was one thing I did want to actually look up. And um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, and, ooh, I can't type. Proverbs. Uh, inherit. inherit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's Proverbs 2, I think. Sorry for the delay, my friends. Um, yeah, let's Okay, then let me try to find that really fast here. If I can, there it is. I'm always just grabbing whatever Bible is in here, so I don't have any of my Bibles like memorized as far as the location because some are really big, some are really small let's see let's look at Proverbs 2 for a moment Um, oh right here 220 so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous for the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. All right, that's got a lot of connections to when we see um, or read about the wheat being separated from the chaff, the sheep uh, being separated from the goats. And then we have the um, Jesus on the, um, the Sermon of of the mount when he says, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And he says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Hmm. It's really cool. Um, that's verse five, the meek are the gentle. All right. So, um, inherit the earth because they trust in god to direct the outcome of events so proverbs is speaking of the promised land all right they're going to inherit land but now jesus comes he's going to establish a new covenant and he says the meek will inherit not just the land he's gonna they're going to inherit the earth and so then you just you just keep going and then you get so you get all these parables. You get the parables of the sower, the parable of the weeds, hidden treasure, pearl, um, and then just all this stuff, <laughs> all this stuff that's going on. And then when we get to like 22, uh, man, 22, and then it goes, and that's the wedding feast, right? The wedding feast is, you know... um pretty uh pretty crazy um i'm not going to go into that right now but that's good and then um it's really good and then but then it goes into chapter 23 and these are the woes the seven woes to the scribes and the pharisees that jesus pronounces it's like he's decreeing and declaring these things onto them and um like woe to you, the scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! Right, you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves, nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, and again! And then hypocrites, and all these these woes that these, uh, woes of judgment is what's happening here in verses 13 through 36, these woes of judgment against the teachers of the law and the Pharisees whom were, were hypocrites and heretics. And Jesus addresses them directly declaring uh, these woes upon them that, that, that echoes the criticisms that he's repeated throughout his whole ministry. And they stand in contrast to the first seven blessings that actually introduce the sermon on the mount and describe Jesus' true disciples. All right. The, the 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 blessings, the the beatitudes there. And so um, you have all of that. And then it goes right into 24. Jesus left the temple. He was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the building of the temple. He answered them, you see all these? Do you not truly? I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And he sits down on the Mount of Olives that would have been directly from um, uh, um, across from the temple to look over it and disciples came to him saying tell us when will these things be what will and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age okay so you take everything that i've already said (laughs) because i don't want to repeat it all right but in short abraham his seed the davidic covenant of the everlasting throne and everlasting kingdom of dominion um the stone that would be not cut by hands but grow into a mountain that would come into the roman empire we have the the genealogy then that explains that um the who the john saying who warned you to flee from the wrath to come and then we have um just the pro- proverbs that, that gets escalated into Jesus's new words on the covenant. Now that you're Christians, his real disciples will not just inherit a promised land, but they will inherit the earth. And um, then he pronounces all these woes and these judgments onto the scribes and the Pharisees. And basically to the whole of Judaism that are going to reject him. And then it's like, this play, like not one stone will be left, <laughs> and it will not be thrown down here. And they they ask, the disciples ask, When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Not the end of the world. The King James says world. This says age, it's Aeon in Greek, not world. Um If it was, it would be cosmos with a K in the Greek, but it's aeon. And he starts to say, um, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ. They will lead many astray. Wars, rumors of wars, don't be alarmed, all these things. And uh, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You're going to be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. False prophets will arise, lead many astray, Like because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold, and, and all these things. And then he says, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, and if you remember our series, uh, Eschatology series, on those these prophecies of Daniel he's a standing standing in the holy place in parentheses let the reader understand all right matthew wrote that um jesus didn't say it that <laughs> then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains Huh. okay so let's look at mark 13 Mm-hmm. okay but in those days after that tribulation all right well hold on yep okay i'm right it's mark 13 no let's move up 14 13 verse 14 but when you see the abomination of desolation desolation standing where he ought not to be let the reader understand (laughs) mark just like matthew then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains okay same thing right Maybe we can get more information out of Luke. Luke chapter 21. Let's go there. As always, I'm reading from the ESV. Well, not always. Most of the time. All right. Here it is. Luke 21, verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it, for these are days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. There's the answer. What's the abomination of desolation? When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know its desolation has come near. Huh. Days of vengeance what is that that refers to God's vengeance and judgment mm-hmm so it goes on and he speaks that that about a thief and the son of man is coming in an hour you do not expect all right he goes on to talk about these other all these other things there um Actually, though, he says immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels from a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one into heaven to the other. All right. Now, what's Mark going to say about that? We have, but in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out, it's all the same, pretty much there. And in Luke 21, uh, there will be signs in, in sun and moon and stars and on earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People feigning with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. So Jesus turn, uh, turns this this whole this consummation of things that are happening. This is apocalyptic language. These things will take place. They will straighten up people's, uh, and they will raise their heads. That's a posture of hope and confidence, all right? And redemption refers to the time of this uh, thing that is coming um, there. And it's, remember John telling the Pharisees, like, who warned you to flee from the wrath? <sighs> So he does say concerning that day and hour, no one knows. I'm back in Matthew 24, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. So we use this all the time. Well, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Only God knows. Jesus didn't even know. But he goes on. We forget about the next part for as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the son of man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, marrying, and given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken, one left. I've done an episode on the uh, two men in a field, right? Uh, So, (laughs) but there's the point. Nobody knows nobody knows the, the, the day or the hour, only the father knows, but it will be like the days of Noah. <sighs> this will be going on about your very your day, your daily things. you'll be eating, you're drinking, you're marrying, you're giving in to marriage and then the then Noah entered the ark. Everybody was unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Who was left? Noah. Noah was left behind. Noah and his family, they were left behind. The wicked were swept away. The righteous remained. Just like in Proverbs, the wicked is taken away. The the righteous inherit the land. And then Jesus ups the ante and says that uh, (laughs) the meek will inherit the earth his disciples, the true believers, the righteous ones will be the ones to inherit the earth. The wicked are removed. The righteous are to remain. There's an interesting verse in John. Let's look there. I'm just all over the place. This is my bread and butter though, guys. I like it. <sighs> Let me find it here. Do-do. <laughs> have do. then the word. I'm in John 17. Oh, man. Oh. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, there it is. John 17... 15 he jesus is uh at 17 verse 15 this is a prayer this is the high the high priestly prayer all right and he says i do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one yeah that's jesus's prayer for believers to the father so how we want to be taken out of the world. <laughs> Jesus does not ask for that. The place of believers during our life is not to withdraw from the world but to remain in the world and to influence it continually for good by the gospel. And the central request of the prayer of the prayer is repeated, Jesus prays that his own will be guarded from evil, from the evil one, right? From Satan. From sin, from wickedness, from unrighteousness, from attacks can come from all ways to try to destroy our lives and ministries. But the Greek phrase that is used here um, can just also mean from evil. All right, so um, then it would be a prayer then that 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 our lives and ministries not be overcome by evil or by the flesh or by sin or by any other type of evil or kind of evil and that we would be kept from doing evil as well and that we would remain here why because we are to inherit it we will inherit and remain on earth in some some point at some point in this eschatological hope if you will <laughs> our hope though is always first and foremost in Jesus and the work that he has done It's not about getting zapped off of this earth. There is no rapture. Okay, the rapture was invented by dispensational pre-millennialists and this rapture um, from Matthew 24, two men in a field, one taken, one left behind. The one that's left behind is the righteous. We are to remain. The wicked is taken at some point. And that is this, this part of this picture of this eschatological picture that's taking place throughout scripture that jesus will come he will fulfill he will be the fulfillment he will be the seed of abraham he will have the 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 throne of david that's eternal he will um fulfill the law and and be the fulfillment of israel he will teach his disciples and then tell them to go and teach and disciple all the nations and they continue to be doing so and as well as us to spread the gospel speak of the gospel live out the gospel and um grow like a mustard seed the church is to grow because of jesus grow like a mustard seed be uh consume the whole batch like leaven and inherit the earth and this happened that army surrounded jerusalem uh, they first came down there. They were getting ready to come and siege, and something something took place was taking place back at Rome. They turned around, got out of there, and the Christians went. That's it. That's the sign. Let's go. And they they fled to the hills. And, uh, and uh, it was like a, um starts with a P. Clara, I think. And uh, sorry, no notes. But they fleed. They got out, and as soon as they got out, here come back the armies um, of Rome. Surrounded the cities. There was a fall. There were false messiahs. There were false Christ. John Levi was in the temple. They had them burn all their stuff. I've talked about this in the series, and um, they just waited it out for four months. Um, all the Christians, all right, all the Christians, is Jew and Gentile, all the Christians survived. They took heed of Jesus' warning of the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem. And although Jesus said the day and hour are not known, only the Father knows. He said, though, when you see the abomination of desolation, when you see the, the, the Roman army surrounding the walls of Jerusalem, get out. And the wicked were taken out at that time. And now is that a prolept- proleptic text. Proleptic means that it will have two fulfillments if you will. It was partially fulfilled and it will have a total fulfillment. Um, as the Old Testament uses types and shadows, and then Jesus is the anti-type. He shows up and fulfills those types and shadows. Does the New Testament have types and shadows? Is this Matthew 24 thing and the abomination of desolation and the coming of um, of Christ on the uh, coming on the clouds? Is that a proleptic text that says here was a localized event that took place in 70 AD that Jesus prophesied? Um, uh, or... Uh, and, and that was just localized and now it will have be worldwide at some point in the future well um i would say no because before 36 in matthew 24 go up to uh 33 matthew 24 33 and he says so when you see all these things everything that he just talked about okay before that all these these crazy signs all these uh, all this symbolism and and all these things he says, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the son, but the father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the, be the coming of the son of man. This generation, which generation? The generation he is talking to the generation that asked him the questions when these things would take place what would be the sign of your coming and the end of the age my friends <laughs> that was the generation and a biblical generation is 40 years and the destruction of jerusalem and the destruction of the temple took place in 70 a.d and jesus came on the clouds that does not mean he came physically or visibly he came on the clouds that is a picture of judgment that's old testament language for judgment he came that was the finally the overlap had went on for 40 years of the of the old covenant and the new covenant here they are they're overlapping all through the new the 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 epistles we see Receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what he's done. The wall of hostility has been broken down. There's no longer Jew nor Gentile. Um, the only the law now is the law of love, it's the new covenant, and you have Judaizers, you have Gnosticism, you have all these different types of things that are going on, all this opposition that is taking place. And Paul is always going, No, 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 no. Listen, it's like this now. The book of Hebrews tells it well too. What was old is now obsolete and soon to fade away. What was that? The Mosaic Age. What's the end of the age? The Mosaic Age. The the age of the old covenant. And so they're saying, for you know, no, 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 no. Here's something better now. It's new. It's grace. It's mercy. The world has been reconciled uh, because uh, of God in Christ on the cross and he ascended in, into the heavens up to the ancient of days to be seated on this davidic throne where he now has all power and authority and he said all power and authority has been given to me there therefore go make disciples of all nations he said that to the disciples and then so a lot there uh, there's a lot of opposition going on There's a lot of problems going on. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, all these people that rejected the Messiah, their Messiah, that came from them, that they, along with the Roman Empire, plotted to kill him and and crucify him. The, The apostles are saying, receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then what do you have when you get to the book of Revelation? You have John. John's apocalypse, not apocalypse like you think of today and full-out nuclear war and and uh, uh, Armageddon. You have apocalypse, which means apocalypsa, and, and, and it means revealing or unveiling. It's John's revealing, unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus. Here's what it is. Behold, I am coming soon. I am making all things new. Soon, about to be soon, this age, the age to come. These are time statements. These are time indicators. (laughs) This generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Forty years, a biblical generation took place. uh, Rome destroyed the temple destroyed Jer- jerusalem 1.1 1. 1 million jews were killed the blood was as high um as a horse almost and uh and jesus said the some this is all it's like the worst you've ever seen and it'll never happen again yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> That's my eschatological rant. I hope that wets your palate. I hope that makes you a little bit hungry there for more. All these things are pointing to Jesus. What's coming after Jesus? Well, the glory of of his rule and reign, the glory of his power and authority of not just being a king of kings, not just being a lord of lords, but the king of all the kings and the lord of all the lords because he's the one and only true king and lord and god of all he is yahweh he is god he is eternal and he said these things and if he was wrong then what are we doing if he was wrong what are we doing c.s lewis says that the most embarrassing verse in the bible is matthew 24 34, when he says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. C.S. Lewis says that's the most embarrassing text in the Bible because Jesus obviously did not <laughs> return because people are looking for w- what we have termed the second coming, right? This here, though, this text is talking about a coming of judgment on that generation. Onto those who reject him to end the Mosaic covenant, to, to end the Mosaic law. Um, read Hebrews, um, but yeah, this text here—that's the text that a lot of things hinge on. That's a, this text right here is a text that atheists used a lot to say that Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. He obviously was a false prophet because that generation did pass away and nothing happened but historical records show that it did and it happened exactly the way jesus prophesied it to happen so all that being said um (laughs) i still believe in a physical visible coming of christ but um i don't see the tribulation happening No, not at all. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about tribulation. We read about it there. Turn real fast to the book of Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus and his new covenant. (sighs) Hmm. I think it's in verse 1, Revelation 1. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Soon in Greek means soon. (laughs) John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priest to his god and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen behold he is coming back he or he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him even those who pierced him all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him even so amen i am the alpha and the omega says the lord god who is and who was and who is to come the almighty i john right revelation one chapter nine he's already said those who pierced him would see him now i john your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that our in Jesus was on the island called Patmos. And he goes on. <clears throat> your partner, your brother and partner in the tribulation. The tribulation took place in the first century, right before the destruction. When, the, when it was cut short, those days were cut short. Um, those were able to flee. They fleed. They were able to get out and they lived every christian did josephus takes account of that and those who did not were the ones who rejected and denied jesus as the messiah and they had the coming judgment the wrath poured out on them through the roman empire which happened many 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 times in the old testament that other nations would come and destroy another nation just look at the Babylon and Babylon, Babylon, Babylonian captivity and all those things. Um, that's what's going on. And it happened in the first century. And I believe Matthew 24 and is um, fulfilled. I believe that Revelation is John's extended Matthew 24. It's his extended Olivet Discourse. I believe it's fulfilled as well. And if you her like, yeah, but it talks about this new heaven and new earth and all that. Well, uh, he says, Behold, I'm making all things new, right? <clears throat> all right, come. This is in verse 21. He's got this the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. All right. <clears throat> he talks about these these gates in verse 12. He had a great high wall with 12 gates, the gate at the gates. 12 angels on the gates the names of the 12 tribes of the sun sons of israel were inscribed um and these 12 foundations and he he keeps going on talks and talks about it about it what it's made of uh do 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 uh, he saw no temple he saw no temple in the city for its temple is the lord god the almighty and the lamb the city has no need for this uh sun and moon i know it can be hard to try to combat that i'm not going to here i don't have time um but here's the point right here see were these temples now the church is a temple too and it says by its light will the nations walk this is uh chapter 21 verse 24 and then it says and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and the gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there they will bring into the glory and the honor of the nations but nothing unclean will never enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the lamb's book of life and then it goes to chapter 22 the angel showed me the river of the water of life brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb through the middle of the street of the city also on either side of the river the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its yielding its fruit each month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations okay why are they just not healed then hasn't Armageddon taken place hasn't the second coming and the wicked been wiped out I thought it was a new Heavens and a new earth right but the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations all right and he goes on to say some of these things hold i'm coming soon blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophet and and he saw all of these things and uh in chapter twenty-two, fourteen, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and they may enter the city by the gates. Ah, oh, they may enter the city by the gates because the gates are never locked. They're never shut. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Jerusalem was destroyed, the temple was destroyed there's a new covenant so the temple was known as heaven and earth, it wasn't physical heaven and earth New, the heaven and earth has been destroyed Jesus, is, Jesus said heaven and earth will not remain forever, but my words will remain forever, and now this new covenant is here where the gates are always open there's this, tr- this water, this river of life the tree of life that is flowing and blessed are those who wash their robes all right blessed are those who repent and become cleansed through water baptism and spirit baptism okay the one and the same to me so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates enter the church become part of the church a whole a living stone being added day by day that god brings into the church, into the family, into the family line, into uh, uh, the spirit of adoption. Outside are all the sinners. Outside are the wicked, the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, everyone who loves and practices falsehood. But they're being welcomed in because the river of life flows through and the tree of life is in there. So blessed are those who repent, wash their robes, and gain new robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life. That's eternal life. They may have the right to eternal life, that they may enter the city by the gates. That's a lot to take in, I know, but I'll end with that. That cannot be <laughs> that cannot be a text that is about what takes place after the second coming and then that the wicked and and have all been thrown into the lake of fire because if they if it was so why are they there why are they welcomed into the gospel why are they being offered repentance and eternal life to have new washed clean cleansed robes by the blood of jesus that makes us white as snow <laughs> think about it Well, all right, there's my eschatological rant for you all on Matthew 24, some of it and some of Revelation. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that challenges you to look this up and study it out for yourself. Any questions, comments, disagreements, feel free to send them my way at the Kingdom Project podcast at gmail.com or join the discussion group on Facebook. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be eleven. Thanks for listening.